0: cool alright I think we did pretty good good. yeah Yeah,
1: we did a nice job there well done
0: (laughs) that's uh, everyone wants at the end of their podcast for the player or for the uh the host to be like yeah it was alright yeah it was
1: pretty good
2: good episode (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome (laughs) uh
1: Hello, and welcome to Dungeon Chatter. This is Travis.
0: This is Victoria.
1: And today we're talking about...
0: Q for Quest.
1: So what we do on the Dungeon Chatter podcast is we talk about aspects of RPG creation and design, alphabetically, A through Z. And then probably we'll restart again. And today we're talking about Q for Quest. Um, And so what the general plan is, is we'll talk about the concept, so what is a quest, And then we'll talk about um, the way that various games handle it, talk about things that we like, talk about things that we don't like that other games and systems do. Then we'll talk about our pitch, which is our proposal for how we will handle quests in the RPG. And then maybe we'll do some hack and slash. Typically, there's a hack and slash where we kind of do some troubleshooting. And um, then we wrap up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess we should get started then. A quest. A quest. So we had a good conversation uh, prior to the show in which we decided how specific we wanted to be on this situation. So what counts as a quest? And I suppose that in one way, maybe kind of everything that you do in an RPG is quest Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the root word here is, has to do with seeking for something. And I take it in some sense, you're seeking some story or experience or a weapon or whatever. mm mm-hmm. um, But we have chosen to focus it down to what is better known as the side quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Victoria, do you want to explain a little bit about how you imagine what the side quest is?
0: Uh, so, I typically think of side quests as, like, lulls in the... Uh, if there is a main narrative to your campaign, uh, it would be, like, something that's kind of a little different from the normal flow, um, and it's normally a, a kind of contained uh, story. doesn't always have to be, but that's an easy way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um. And normally, it's like a pretty simple, like, I want to go find something, or I've been hired to do something, or I've been, you know, I'm seeking this person. And it can normally be resolved in, like, one to three sessions, something like that.
1: Sounds good. If we need a kind of more visual model, you know, these are, it's a helpful model. This is not exactly how things go, but there's, like, a a major street or a main street that your characters are traveling along, and there are these, like, cul-de-sacs. And you don't have to go down those ways, but if you do, Mm -hmm. then you can do that. And there might be some cool stuff down there.
2: Yep.
1: Um, So that's what the quest is. And so what we've decided to do then is to talk about, um, well, when should you use a side quest and sort of what should it look like. Mm -hmm. And maybe the thing to do is to begin with the way that some other systems handle the side quest. Um, And so we've got a few different ideas here. Uh, One of them is, I remember... Uh, D&D back in the day, this was a long time ago, probably more than 25 years, put out, I think it was more than 25, a book that was called The Book of Layers, L-A-I-R-S. And um, as I recall, I haven't looked at it in probably about 20 years, but as I recall, all it had in it was a kind of um, place, like uh, maybe one layer was a dragon's layer. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a kind of common uh, place that adventure adventurers eventually start looking for. But another one might have been like the layer of a, um, like a giant spider, mm-hmm. um, or the layer of a, you know the cave of a brown bear or something like that. like a
0: cave of goblins mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so you would just have a very small map, um, maybe just a little bit of story about what's going on, and then treasure. Mm-hmm. They weren't meant to be like the center of adventures. They were just meant for hey, if you want to do something on the side, here are some options. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I recall, the Book of Layers was a pretty awesome way to do that. So just to give some people resources um, to do those side quests. And we can talk about when would be a good time to do that. Yeah. So that was the first one. Um, Did you want to talk about... um...
0: Uh, Yeah, so I mean, just an example of uh, some side quests in campaigns that you might be familiar with. So in Critical Role, I don't know if this is spoilers, but uh, during the chroma conclave uh, arc they went to someone uh i think it was a sphinx um and asked for their assistance but instead the sphinx was like i'm not gonna leave uh to go help you but i can give you information about these awesome weapons that will help you in this battle um and that's a pretty typical like narrative for a side quest is looking for something to help you in this sort of main narrative uh And so you have to go find some things to make yourself better for the main narrative. But you've got to do it down these different avenues.
1: Cool. Yeah. So uh, in a campaign that we did back in the day uh, for Merp, uh, this is when Scott was the DM, uh, we had some characters who um, just kind of the party was reflecting and thinking, we don't have good enough equipment to go and do some of the bigger things that we wanted to do. So we decided that there was some treasure nearby and I think maybe in a previous episode we talked about going to the Barrow Downs um, and so that's what we did. Uh, so the Barrow Downs is uh, just a place where there's um, a lot of dead people uh, with a lot of treasure hidden and so a lot of undead. And so we went in there and killed a bunch of undead and looted a bunch of really sweet equipment mm-hmm. and not as that was, that was not a major part of what we were doing in the campaign but it set us up to do some of the bigger things that we wanted to do down the line in mm-hmm. the campaign. Uh, so acquiring uh, wealth, equipment, armor, those sorts of things. This is also probably a good time. Uh, I know that, so from interacting with a lot of game creators um, and GMs on Twitter, I know that a lot of people don't like to use uh, pre-made modules. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's good reason for that. You know, you might want to tell your own story Mm -hmm. uh, and veer away from those things. Uh, But this, I I think the quest is a good time to use a module. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And you don't have to follow it, you know, exactly what they say. They're kind of great for, you know, picking pieces that work for your setting or for what you have in mind and kind of ignoring the rest or filling it in with other stuff.
1: And if you do it well, um, your players won't even know if it was a module. Yeah. It won't feel like it was kind of separate from your world or detached from your world. Yeah. Uh, and so w- one example of one that we did uh, was in a time when we were running low on party members. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it was in our Blood of Heroes campaign, which I made, uh, but, it, but it was also a module that I made. Uh, and so th- they were two things that I made, but they weren't uh, specifically meant to go together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the I think it worked well. So we ended up being what, two major players short. Mm-hmm. And then we had a kind of um, substitute player show up. Um, for That was the only session, I think, that he's... That's the only one that he's played with yeah. us and maybe the only one he's ever played. I don't know. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty fun night. <laughs>
1: um, but it was really memorable, um, yeah. especially from my point of view. I had a lot of fun running it. And um, it was just a thing to do while people were not there. Yeah. So uh, two of the major characters, I think, our, our what Healer was gone and... I don't know how you want to characterize. We've in the past we've called Jeremy the beefcake jeweler. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure he offers some other skills too.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he was intending to be like a what's the term when you like make weapons and magical arti- items an artificer. Is that Could the be. term? Yeah. Sure. So I don't know if he was intending to be that, or, but that's how I think of okay. it, because I don't know what else he was planning on doing with jewelry. <laughs> uh,
1: so he wasn't there. Uh, she wasn't there, the healer. And so um, the group just went off and did a kind of sleuthing investigatory in thing. And we finished it in one night. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's also a good point. Like, it wasn't uh, a typical, like, let's go into this dungeon and uh, just kill a bunch of things and then grab all the loot. It was uh, a detective sort of novel, a lot of... um, Sort of talking to people, so it doesn't always have to be the the generic-ish mm. uh, sort of go to, you know, a location, fight a thing, and get a thing. It was finding a missing kid, I think, was the sort of pitch for that mm. module, and uh, it ended up being a cool little side quest.
1: Yeah, I would say that, um, looked at from one level, um, that's exactly what you did, was go into this place... Find the thing <laughs> and leave, true. right? That's uh, true. So it it uh-huh. fits our notion of a quest really nicely. It does. Uh-huh. But that's that's not how it played out. It was a lot of role playing, it was a lot of kind of mobilizing the town, it was a lot of
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah, all these interesting things.
0: We didn't know that there was a thing to kill when we went into it. Right. Specifically, yeah.
1: That adventure will be available by October thirty first, so you can run it for your yes. Halloween um, session. Uh, so look for the Wheat Mother on probably on Drive RPG. I think that's where I have an account. So okay. eventually, I'll let you know when it's there. Um, so those are ways that some games uh, do it, uh, and some systems set up good resources for doing that kind of thing. The idea of the module, I mean, the, you you don't have to get a D&D module. If you're playing D&D, you can get a generic or universal uh, module. You can get something from some other system. Mm-hmm. There are just too many good RPGs out there. Um, and if you have any kind of skill in your system uh, that you play, you should be able to take a module read it, and adapt it in the course of a day and be ready to play it. Mm-hmm. So, And that's why it's also maybe not a bad idea. Like a GM tip is to um, just look at some modules in your downtime. Mm-hmm. Like read some, and you might get some really good ideas, um, or you might like some that are so good that you just want to adapt them more directly uh, to what you're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. That's how some people do it. I can't, I can't, by the way, think of any examples that I don't like. Because um, one of the beautiful yeah. things about side quests is they tend to be short, and you can opt out.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. really
1: cool. Uh,
0: and they're very kind of versatile. Like, GMs can look at the yeah. same module and do some really different things depending on what they want and yeah. what the players want. So
1: yeah. Um, so then, well, what are we going to talk about then? Well, one of our ideas is just to talk about when is it, when is it a good time to use... Um, the quest Mm -hmm. in your campaign and so um, maybe we'll start off with the the one shot Mm
0: -hmm. I think that's a beautiful beautiful time for a quest
1: Um, I think that we're living in a time where there are a lot of players or a lot of people who are interested in RPGs but who have never played Mm -hmm. Um, and so one thing that you could do is invest a ton of time to create a gigantic campaign and hope that they like it
2: Mm -hmm. and uh, stick with it stick
1: with it yeah um, or another way to do it is just to make something that's pretty simple, as a quest. Mm-hmm. Um, get everyone together, get them um, acclimated to the system,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, get them familiar with what RP is like uh, with the other people who might be playing. Um, this, I think, this is a good time for a yeah. quest.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a great time to uh, like, yeah, introduce people to the system for sure.
1: Yeah, and that way, you know, a, a kind of simple quest with a kind of simple goal, um, the the time can be spent on teaching the system and and learning all those things, as opposed to a really complicated um, role playing scheme where you have to do all kinds of stuff um, step by step by step by step by step. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a kind of. We're looking for a sword, okay? Hey, there's a sword in this dungeon somewhere. Go find it.
0: Yeah, it's also it's yeah, it's great for goals because a lot of people when they first start out with role playing, mm. they they can feel a little lost. Like yeah. especially if it's super open world, they're like, all right, um, what do we what's next? What do mm-hmm. we um, what's the goal here? Uh, so I think that's a really good guided structure for people who are unfamiliar with role playing, and it's also great because it's got. Uh, it's got an obvious resolution uh, Mm -hmm. which can help players feel like they've accomplished something as opposed to if you meet for the first time and you spend like four hours uh, just kind of talking through the game and then you don't get very far, it can seem like, well, I don't know that was the best use of my four hours of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you can get them to a resolution... In the first session, it might you know excite people a little more to come back and get that resolution again or get a resolution again.
1: Yeah, I think you make a really good point about the uh, maybe the sense of being lost the first time you play an RPG. I think a common reaction is, uh, I don't know what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if the goal is pretty clear go find this sword then you can say well what kind of things would you do in order to find a sword Mm -hmm. um you know we could you could talk to people you could go into the the dark hole yourself you could whatever Mm -hmm. um you could search around right Mm -hmm. so you're probably looking for we could just make up a quick story you're looking for some kind of dead warrior uh, and he'll have the sword on him Mm -hmm. uh so it gives the yeah it gives them a sense of what they can do and it also gives them that sense like you said of now we've done it Mm -hmm. right so hey now we leave right yeah yeah now you leave um, as opposed to a giant campaign, uh, maybe you, yeah, maybe the adventure doesn't end, right? Yeah. So maybe there's there's no kind of obvious endpoint. Um, it also requires, or it also makes it so that characters, sorry, players don't have to have a big sense of what their characters' motivations are yet. Yeah, that's um, true. So they don't have to go like, I don't know what my character would do. If you're just looking for a sword, they'd look for the sword, mm-hmm. um, and then you can figure out what the characters like um, yeah. as you. You can role
0: it. play it out and see how you actually interact, like how the players actually interact with the other players to help them inform their characters sort of thing, yeah, without having to think too much about, well, my, my character is, you know, antisocial, so, when we, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just you're, you're being a person with other people in that sense and not thinking too hard about the role you have to play at that point.
1: Yeah, and so um, we didn't. This time, at least, we didn't specifically say too clear, too too clearly what a one shot is. So uh, it's just you know, yeah. so it's just intended as a kind of one off, right? So not meant to be a part um, that connects neatly to anything else that you're doing. Um, it could. I think one uh, one shots are common. Um, if you so, I said if you're introducing a player, or if you have an RPG group and they've kind of separated over the years, and you're going to get back together for one day a year, mm-hmm. um, and you just want to play a quick game,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, or if you want to introduce someone to a new system or to a new world, you do a one shot, and mm-hmm. if they like it, then you continue. But but there's no kind of um, promise that this is going to be more than that. Uh, yeah, and then you know if we were doing troubleshooting on the fly. I mean, one troubleshooting thing then is, uh, now you did this one-shot, how do you connect them into the next piece of the story? But uh, from the GM point of view, you have a lot of stuff to work with now. You know, uh, you have a sense at least of what some of the players and the characters are like, Mm -hmm. um, the kind of things that they did and enjoyed Mm -hmm. in the course of that mission. Uh, So if you get a group that doesn't like solving uh, mysteries, um, then maybe you give them less of that. If you get a group that really enjoyed... um, talking to people rather than killing stuff and mm-hmm. give them more people to interact with. Uh, so it just gives you a good sense of the, the one-shot is a one-shot, but it can set you up for so much more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Second good time uh, to have a quest is uh, when you are running with less than a full party. So yeah. you've got a low, low turnout or low whatever. Um, so if you're running a party of six and one person can't play, uh, you know you might be able to continue on with the story. This really just depends where you are in the major story. Um, If three players can't show up, uh, that's a problem, right? So uh, one option is to uh, continue on with the story and then three people magically disappear or go into comas or whatever. Have
0: to go find their wives for Mm -hmm. something, something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, or you could just um, do a one-shot, right? Uh, so do a... Uh, well, not... Sorry. Uh, well, I mean, it's still a one-shot, right? But it's, a, yeah. it's a, in the middle of things. So just do a quest with a low party, mm-hmm. right? Um, and maybe some of the same ideas uh, as the one-shot. So it's a low party. So um, in this case, you probably already know about the motivations and the hopes and fears and all those things of your party. So it's pretty easy to come up with the what, kind of quest yeah. they wouldn't be interested in. So um, maybe a character lost an item... Uh, in an earlier quest, and you could just say, "Hey, someone in the bar is talking about uh, they just found a, a whatever," and you're like, "What? We got to go get uh, you know my my special dagger back or something like that." Yeah, and it gives you a nice kind of in
0: or an NPC that they've mm-hmm. like liked a lot has suddenly gone missing, or you know, there are a lot of different like ways you can tie it back into your campaign.
1: Yeah. So I think that the low party uh, quest is pretty clear. Um, There's some interesting troubleshooting here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hack and slash. Hack and slash. Um, So I'll throw out one idea. Um, And and this is, you know, this is a kind of... It can become a much larger problem. Uh, But it's this. If a player misses one session, Mm -hmm. no big deal. You do a side quest and they're not especially far behind. Um, They do it a couple times or three times Mm -hmm. um, and they... You know now they're they're starting to fall behind.
0: That's true. Um,
1: you know, and different schools of thought on this, like that's their problem, um, or one level isn't a big deal, or one whatever isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it but it might be. It might, you know, it might be. If you're always the weakest character in the party, I guess it depends why you're missing, right? Is yeah. it because of your lack of commitment or is it because you have, like, really important things to do? Or is it you just, you don't even care about RPGs and you're just doing it to hang out? Mm-hmm. These are different kind of cases.
0: Yeah, for sure. It might be, like, you might need to just reschedule when everyone can meet or yeah. it might be maybe that person's just kind of, like, a, an extra in your party and not, you know, a main focus if they can't always be there or don't care to always be there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've talked previously about um, downtime and the value of finding out things about your players and their characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so the low party turnout, uh, if you have a general flow of the quest going or of the campaign going,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and a couple people can't make it, and but people want to play anyway, so you say, all right, we'll play. I'm going to have to prepare some stuff. And then the, this is where we have the, the question of, so all the players are like, all right, we want to do something like this. Mm-hmm. And then you prepare that, and then they change their mind. Uh, so this, this is always a problem to deal with. like the, the, all, you're, you're going to – a challenge, we'll say. You're going to have to deal with uh, changes on the fly sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're thinking about players versus GMs facilitating stuff, um, mm-hmm. all the GM can do in these cases is go based off what the players have done in the past, And uh, or the characters have done in the past and what the players say they want to do. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And in good faith, you might create an adventure, uh, a quest for them, and then if they change their mind, that's not them dealing (laughs) in in good faith. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so I want you to say a little bit about your thoughts on some of this stuff. But this is a case where I want to talk about railroading. Yeah. Yeah, so railroading is, so we'll explain what it is and how it's typically created. So um, what's your understanding of railroading first?
0: Uh, it's just, I guess, when there is an obvious path that should be taken in order to reach a resolution, I think, is an, an easy, maybe oversimplified way of uh, thinking about it. It's when... And I don't know that it's always GM related, but it's when a, a GM kind of gives you a story and if you don't do some things or if you don't do them in a certain way, uh, you might not be able to finish the story or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean you might think of it like a railroad, right? So um you, you not you don't get to get off the railroad. You gotta <laughs> yep. go you gotta follow the tracks.
0: Yeah okay Uh,
1: now there but you're right though i mean there might be multiple ways to get there so if you go you can go from this station to this station to this station or you can go to this other station but it doesn't matter because you're going to end up in the same place anyway yeah Um, and that is the notion of railroading and the idea that it's limitations in structure right Mm -hmm. so it's going to limit player agency Mm -hmm. um and it's almost always as i understand it presented as the gm doing this Mm. um but i'm not sure why players can't be guilty of this too so if it's um, if it's, uh, we want to go and do this and, and you might make it clear, that's not really a thing that you can do right now. Like we're going to do the closest thing to that we can, um, mm-hmm. and just keep kind of forcing a certain story. Um, you know, I, I think that the RPG party is, it's a kind it's an agreement, right? Yeah.
0: It's definitely like a contract with everyone that we'll all attempt to have fun for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um. Or at least
0: that's when it works best. That's not always what happens, but that, that's sort of when it. That's how it tends to work when it's enjoyable.
1: Yeah, I mean, not every moment of the game I think will be equally fun for everyone. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a lot of fun, uh, then you shouldn't begrudge a session where someone else has a lot of fun and you have less fun. Just mm-hmm. especially if they're working on your story, um, or like a piece of your story. Like if we're you're pursuing your. Uh, rival the party agrees to do that then that might be way more fun for you than it is for someone who doesn't much like your character <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah so all this is to say uh that with the low party if you want to play when there's a low party and the understanding is that you won't be on the main track you'll be on a side quest mm-hmm. uh, you should just be a little more forgiving i think to the dm uh to the gm if so more accommodating to the GM.
0: In what sense?
1: Um, so,
0: in like, you can this only is prepare so many things. Yeah, yeah, you can only,
1: I mean, it doesn't have to be so prescriptive. Yeah, yeah, no, Like, I, uh, hey, you hear two rumors. And they're like, no, we're going to keep looking for rumors. And you're like, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, those are the two things that were prepared. <laughs> um, I it, gotcha.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, GMs can't spend every waking hour just giving you options for what you could possibly do.
1: True. Uh, yeah, so all this is to say railroading is always an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just think about these, um, you know, an RPG group as something like a contract, um, just don't be a scumbag to each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the reason that we're talking about it in terms of the quest is because the quest is this divergence uh, from the major story. Uh, and so uh, sometimes there's there can be this sense that th- this isn't the real thing, right? So like this doesn't yeah. really count um, as what the party's doing. So we can be... Different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. That's not to denigrate what players do or what GMs do. Um, it's just, you
0: know, it's yeah. a risk. Yeah. Troubleshooting. Things okay. to keep in mind for the fun of everyone.
1: Um, third reason, or third good time to quest, um, mm-hmm. is between major pieces in a campaign, or even depending, I don't know how you think of campaigns, but maybe after a campaign ends and you don't retire your characters. Mm-hmm. So I saw there was a... Um, Uh, there was a question on twitter about um what happens to your characters after a campaign Mm -hmm. um and i was kind of surprised i don't remember the breakdown exactly uh but my uh, our answer had always been uh those players they're still players and they can play again right Mm -hmm. and they probably will play again sometime but a lot of people had the views that um like they die um or they're retired um or um yeah they just they don't return to those characters right so they're done um surprised me a little bit yeah um i was surprised to find that there were as many people as there were who was saying um my character is done uh-huh. after a campaign that's it um and i don't know i, I don't really i shouldn't speculate but i'm going to uh, so i think <laughs> <laughs> i think that pathfinder and D&D now have these kind of tracks where it's like um this is designed to take a character from like level 1 to 10 or level 1 to 20 and that's kind of it. I mm-hmm. mean, um, there's not that super high level campaigning available, um, and that's okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't know why you know why, why limit yourself to twentieth level. I mean, if you reach twentieth level, awesome. Um, why stop there? Especially if you've invested a lot of time in someone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, all right. So I say, we say, I think that you know you run a campaign, and if you still want to play the character, go on to the next campaign, uh, but maybe not right away. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, so. can take a
0: break and mm, try something new if you're feeling it's, like, a little uh, tiring or, like, you a little, um, what's, the, what's the term? Like, trite? Mm-hmm. Trite. Maybe trite. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's feeling, like, a little, like, overdone. Stale? Stale. There you go. Yeah. If it's feeling a little stale, you can always, you know, try a new campaign, but you've always got those old characters to go back to. There's no reason why it should never be... Um, like, touched again.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll just warn that we're having some bad weather, yeah. and uh, it's affecting the ah! Yes. Oh, she's looking at herself and barking. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, okay. so a good time for a quest is in between campaign, or just at any lull in the campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after doing a major piece of the campaign, um, you've just fended off some giant army, and then you look at your party and you think... Uh, we need to do some other things before we move on. So maybe we need to, to rest up a little bit, mm-hmm. but resting up doesn't mean we can't do stuff. We don't want to go full on in and go after a dragon at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe you want to do something smaller. Maybe you want to investigate this cave where people think there are goblins, um, mm-hmm. uh, or some other kind of wimpy foe. Um, or maybe you can do a kind of quick delivery mission for someone take this item to there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a good time to use it. It it kind of keeps everybody playing the game uh, while someone or something mends up. Yeah, makes good sense yeah. to me.
0: It's also, I think, a good uh, a good sort of like refocusing if you've like just finished and everyone's like, so now what? I think mm-hmm. it's a good like, well, we don't need to do anything crazy, but we can just do this. Uh, so it's not just like for rest, but sometimes it's just for like you're not quite sure what to do next. So
1: yeah. It could also be, especially for higher level characters. Um, this would be a decent time to do, like a B party, right? So if you have um, a high level party that has like hirelings or henchmen or something like that, um, sometimes they would go out and level up a little bit.
0: I like um, the I like that a lot. The yeah. hey, take your squires and <laughs> your <bee> apprentices <laughs> and your
1: yeah. your
0: your uh, your cleaning lady <laughs> and go party. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, we had... So in D&D 2nd Edition, when fighters reached a certain level, they could establish a stronghold. Like, probably talked about this. And they could attract followers. Um, And we had two high-level warriors. Um, I had an elf, and Scott had a dwarf, and they attracted followers. And then occasionally we would take those followers and have them do things. Because we each had, like, 120 dudes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That that was just the role. We got 100 zero-level people and 20 first level people.
0: That's interesting. Um,
1: and so, uh, you could take some of those first level people and have them go and do stuff. Otherwise they were just guarding a stronghold that we took in an earlier adventure. So Mm -hmm. this this is, yeah, this would be a good time. So, um, we took that party, did a lot of campaigns and then we kind of paused for a while and we even retired, uh, for a while and played their children. Uh, but yeah, um, not with one another, but, uh, just their, their kids. And, uh, (laughs) But we also did that kind of, like, B stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, we did some attacks where people came and attacked the uh, stronghold, and they had to, to fend it off and things like that. I like so, that. Just to let some time pass. I like that a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> so that is um, the Between campaign. So so far we've talked about the, the one-shot, the proper one-shot, um, the uh, low party turnout, um, the Between or the, at the Lull in campaign. Mm-hmm. And the final idea that we have is the um, when the players are looking for something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a pretty common one. It's that sort of uh, when you stop and look and realize that you've only got like a plus one magic sword and everyone else in your party has, you know, plus three with like all these cool effects. Um, and you're like, I think I need something better. Uh, I think you might have even talked about you doing that sort of uh, looking for a magic item. Mm-hmm. Uh Getting yeah. the
1: Barrow down in Merp, yeah. And mm-hmm.
0: it can also be like you realize that you're level 5 and you should be level 7 or you don't think you're at a high enough level to defeat something yet, uh, mm-hmm. that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, this would be a, So earlier we talked about a potential pitfall of the low party, uh-huh. but this would be a, a, the kind of opposite issue, which mm-hmm. is where... um, So, yeah, so suppose you miss a little bit um, or, depending on the rules, if you get knocked out, whatever, you're low on experience compared to other people, and so everyone might be gung ho to go slay this powerful wizard and you might think, let's do one like yeah. like I know that this might be metagaming, right? Thinking about these things, but sometimes we'd yeah. be like, I'm so close to a level. Let's just go do this thing quick. I just like I just have to kill two orcs. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> and it doesn't have to be like presented in a metagame way, even mm-hmm. though it is kind of sure. metagamy, but it can be like, I don't feel strong enough mm-hmm. or uh, I just, I, I feel like we need, you know, a little bit more experience in this sort of like, we actually <laughs> need experience killing this type of creature yeah. uh, sort of thing. So you can sell it as a, a non-metagaming, even though, yeah, that's, it's totally metagaming.
1: We had, uh, so some games, uh, I think, recommended this, that you don't allow players to level up more than one level at a time. Uh, and so, uh, we had a few cases where we'd get so much experience that a player would level up and then you would have to deny them and they'd be like one experience short of the next level. And we would have a rule that you could, um, uh, spar against like the captain of the guard for one experience.
0: (laughs) I like that. That's cute. Uh,
1: uh, I don't remember how those went, uh, but I do remember that we'd allow that.
0: Did you have to win? Did you No, because, in play fact, you the... couldn't.
1: Yeah, you couldn't win. Not at low level against these uh, guys. Okay. So they, had... I think you had to be, there were rules about what level um, a player had to be, a character had to be in order to train someone of lower level. And it's something like four levels higher, maybe.
2: Okay.
1: Um, so what are your odds of killing someone four levels? I mean, yeah, I
0: didn't I don't kill. Really kill, but. <laughs> oh, shit, that's some intense sparring. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I guess it depends on the guild. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the looking for something. And and this could be, <clears throat> right, so it could be experience. Mm-hmm. makes good sense. Um, it could, and, and I think that that one makes, like, perfectly good sense in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, um, you, you might hone your hacking skills before you go on a mission. You might um, do some rehab on an injured leg or something like that. You might, um, we got to fix you know, the, the group vehicle before yeah. we do this. It, it makes yeah, good sense. It does. Um, and, you know, I think we've talked about downtime. You can handle that in downtime if you want, um, or you can do some really active cool stuff.
0: Yeah. If um, a lot of people in your party are looking for the same thing, that's a great reason to, to make it, you know, a quest, a side quest, instead of just all of them handling the same thing individually in downtime.
1: Yeah. Um, and so I think we're presented now with uh, the case, one of the cases that we wanted to talk about, which was the case of the party that wanted to kill dragons. Mm. Um, and so we had a kind of cool idea in mind. Uh, so here's the the scenario was, I mean, we had just done the adventure. What was the adventure just prior to the dragons? Do you remember?
0: Uh, Oh, we were in the middle of... There was a lot of stuff going on. So we had um, helped this ruler of this one small town who turned out to have been either blackmailed or under the sway of someone evil. Mm -hmm. Um, And... (laughs) Then we were, like, we had gone to this castle and seen this sort of guy raising the undead. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on, and I think we might have found, like, a witch. Like, I don't remember everything, but there were, like, Mm -hmm. three or four different story arcs that we already had, like, ties to that we could have followed.
2: Um,
1: Oh, yeah, beneath the town there was a woman. uh, Yeah. 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 And so I think that the party was presented with a... So they had this... Um, subterranean tunnel that they were investigating Mm -hmm. um, and they weren't sure which direction to go I think they had gone in one direction and found the undead whatever Mm -hmm. beneath the earth Um, and then in the other direction I don't know if the party ever followed that way Uh, and the party was like we want to kill a dragon Rather than following that path. And that's fine. Uh, So uh, the question became, well, what do we do now? Because killing a dragon wasn't part of anything that they were doing. um, But it might be cool for them. So it could, uh, killing a dragon is a good way to get treasure. It's a good way to level up. It's a good way to get some prestige. And those are things that adventurers are interested in. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, So maybe we could talk about um, how we handled it. And I've already mentioned this. So we'll do that one quickly. But then we'll talk about some other ways we could have handled it. Mm -hmm. Um, With this side quest mindset. Uh, So the way we handled it was um, I treated the party as like in a paternalistic way a little bit. Like they didn't know what a dragon was and they didn't know that (laughs) dragon would probably kill them. Um, And that's okay. Uh, So making that an aspect of how the the gaming world was, they asked around and heard some rumors about dragons. They had actually heard a a rumor earlier, which was a kind of random rumor about Oh yeah, the randomly
0: generated Mm -hmm. ones that you would do, yeah. Uh,
1: And so... Yeah, they wanted to take a look at a dragon. And so um, it turned out that they got intel from other people who didn't know much about dragons. And they said, yeah, there's a dragon attacking this town over there. What do you know? Um, So the party showed up and it ended up being two wyverns. Mm -hmm. So not dragons, wimpier things that kind of look like dragons. Um, And so that was one way to handle it.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Very side questy. Uh, but it could have still been worked in somehow. And some cool stuff happened along the way. It wasn't like it was a kind of garbage throwaway adventure. That was where you met Chris Pine, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, And that's when the ranger left the party to try to seduce the uh, wyvern.
2: Oh, yeah, that's true. Not
1: seduce, but...
0: Train it. Train (laughs) it. Yeah, because I just... Everything has to be my friend in D&D.
1: So that's one way that it played out. Um, another way it could have played out is that kind of method that I think it's similar to what, as you, um, as you explained what happened in Critical Role, um, could have had something similar happen. So maybe you find a great dragon slayer, the party Mm -hmm. finds a great dragon slayer, and the dragon slayer says something like, um, look, I, I'm not going to go kill any dragons or whatever. I mean, I've done that or maybe I'm retired, whatever, um, but I will tell you where you can find a weapon that will help you kill dragons. And mm. then you go and get the weapon, right? So you do a side quest-y thing to get the weapon. Mm-hmm. And then you return and you're like, all right, we got it. Now what? And he says, okay, I know where you can get a suit of armor or a shield. And then you go and do that. Um, and then you come back. And the clever thing about this approach is it gives characters kind of direction that they want. They're, they're pursuing this larger goal that they want, but they're doing it in these stages that you're kind of setting and helping out with. Mm-hmm. Um, but they might actually level up both times, right? So if yeah. you set it up in such a way that wh- the party was what fourth level, maybe yeah, Fit- we were
0: pretty low, fourth
1: or fifth. Fourth or fifth. Um, so if the party had gone on just two missions and leveled up both times, then they would have been like seventh level, mm-hmm. and and at seventh level, a party can at least challenge a decently powerful dragon, mm-hmm. um, especially if they're clever. Um, so that would have been one wow. way to handle it mm-hmm. without. I, I and I don't know that any of these approaches are railroady. So. You want to fight a dragon, but your characters don't know what a dragon is. Uh, so you have intel about this other thing that's pretty close to a dragon. It's mm-hmm. not especially, re- it's dishonest, but it's dishonesty within their knowledge, right? So yeah. they just wouldn't know better. Um, and uh, sending them on this kind of series of quests, that's giving them what they want. I don't see how that could be railroady.
0: I mean, they right? can always say, nah.
1: Yeah, we'll just go without. We'll
0: just go, yeah, that was a thing. We were talking about this, and there is that third option, mm-hmm. and that's just you put them in front of a dragon, and they either die, maybe get, like, a really awesome kill, like, possibly, or they realize that they need to run away and that they weren't ready. Yeah. Like, like, And then they learn that lesson that, like, maybe they aren't ready for a dragon and maybe they'll go do the the dragon slayer quest, or the you know hunting a wyvern, or maybe they'll want like a different like a giant cave spider or something yeah. that might be more in their realm.
1: And so I hope the point that we're driving home here is that um, if railroading is a bad thing, and that's at least the connotation of it, then these are there are multiple ways to use um, the the quest, yeah. the side quest that end up not being railroady at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you're essentially the GM is presenting some options to the players that get the players the things that they want, but the GM gets to have some agency too and kind of help think out those pieces. So as a GM, it's so easy to think, oh, I have to create a little adventure now, a little scenario in which they can find a dragon-slaying sword. That's not especially hard. Um, And then, oh, I have to do something with a a shield or a suit of armor. That's not hard either, right? Mm So maybe you're going into a crypt, maybe you're going into... Um, an abandoned dragon's den, maybe you're going to a uh, yeah, the barrow downs, like or, or some whatever, right? Yeah. So uh, or the site of a massive battle where bodies okay. fell. Yeah. Um, or you're looking for some magic user. Just yeah. kill the evil magic user and steal the stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So um, I guess the suggestion is that even though it's not part of the major narrative, um, these actually these pieces actually flesh themselves out pretty nicely.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool.
1: All right, so at this point, we have uh, to discuss the the kind of tool that we came up with or the resource that we're coming oh, up with. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, so when we were talking about, when what episode is that where we came up with the spark?
0: Spark care, nope. What was that? It wasn't character creation because that would have been way, way long ago. Um, NPC? Um, I'll take your word. Player. Was, it player.
1: was it player? I don't know. Whatever, we, somewhere whatever. Somewhere in there. Look, we came up with this idea for a character spark. Um, and I've posted that spark thing. So we have a document. I think I put it as a PDF. It's available on dungeonchatter.com. You can go take a look at it. Um, it's there. It just gives you some ways to uh, think through mm-hmm. how to create a character and kind of very quickly generate a background. So just here's the kind of character concept that you're coming up with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we don't want to be gimmicky. Uh But we also think that there's a good way to come up with some cool optional resources and make these things available for people, so we're thinking about some attributes that would make a kind of good quest generator mm-hmm. um, and so you know this could either be used as a series of uh rumors. Mm-hmm um or it could be once the players tell you what they're looking for you could just kind of roll this very quickly and see okay this these are some guidelines for what i'm going to do in this little mini quest i'm making mm
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and so um, we have, uh, we'll just give you the attributes so, so far. We'll just call them the hook, the goal, the obstacles, the setting, and the trick. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to start us off and talk about the hook?
0: Yeah, so we were thinking uh, the first thing you should probably know is how the players are going to get invested in this sort of side quest. And so we were thinking things like, an old farmer tells you about his, like, missing son or whatever. Uh, something like that. So, Or they, they hear a rumor in a tavern. is a pretty, you know, mm-hmm. a pretty obvious one. Uh, so other, like, options. Spins on that sort of how do your players get involved with the quest.
1: Good one. Yeah. Um, The goal is the thing that they're... This would be amounting... This is, like, getting... People call this the MacGuffin. Whatever. Like, you get the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you get, like, in um, the game Rogue, uh, you get the Amulet of Yendor. Mm-hmm. And then the goal is make it back um in the case of the dragon that we've talked about you get the sword and then you come back you get the, sh- the armor and then you come back what were they looking for in a uh, critical role
0: uh, a bunch of different weapons okay. like five uh almighty weapons basically
1: okay that's what you're doing um in the case of the barrow downs we just need some magic stuff um maybe an underlooked thing is uh the goal can be experience so mm-hmm. When the GM tells you, you feel confident enough to swing a sword better, (laughs) whatever the thing is, that means you leveled up or you have enough experience to level up. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it could be money. So I I think money is the underlooked one.
2: Oh, yeah, Um, that's true. And
1: and I have this in mind because those two characters that we had who established a stronghold, um, it turns out that it was incredibly expensive to upkeep 120 men. Oh, that
0: sounds like a really expensive, yeah. Yeah. How much did you pay each person, do you remember?
1: It's a certain number of gold pieces per person per year. Ooh, yeah. And uh, based off level. So I think zero level people live off a certain amount. Level one live off a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not cheap. It might be 100 gold a year per level. What? For leveled characters. Maybe it was less. Wow. I don't know. Interesting. I could be wrong. I don't know how consistent D&D was ever about money. I'm not sure it was, but whatever. Um, so, look, it was costly. Let's just say, maybe that number's massively exaggerated. Let's just say it was 1,000 gold a year, but it may have been 10,000 a year. It was a lot of money. Um, and that might mean that even the successful adventurers have to go on adventures to keep <laughs> their, Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got to keep, keep raking in that
0: money, yeah. yeah. Unless sir, you got a good, uh, good guy for the books or something, investing.
1: Yeah, so part of what we... Uh, so that adventure that it was actually a box set uh called dragon mountain and so the dragon the mountain is supposed to like shift around and do weird stuff we ended up making that not happen and we settled in there it's a giant structure so we had two different warlords kind of take over Mm -hmm. and um there was a mine there and so one of the characters was a dwarf so his dwarven people were miners Mm -hmm. Um, and then the elves just had to find a thing to do so they hung out in the forests nearby and it worked out, so we were able to make money from the things that we had there. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. cool.
1: To defray the cost of paying absurd amount <laughs> absurd amounts of, of uh, money to people. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that is the um, the goal, and then um, the obstacles. Yes,
0: yeah, so the obstacles. So this would be like the the evil like uh, warlord that you're trying to kill, or the the mountain trolls, or whatever that you find in the dungeon, or all the goblins, or kobolds or you know whatever the the obstacles are to um the goal
1: could be a series of traps it could be a kind yeah
0: could be investigation it could be stuff like that you know just whatever sort of makes the game challenging for your players the quest challenging for your players
1: um the setting is um could be either general or specific right so i think of that book of layers as kind of doing a good job of this um a spider's layer might be in uh, under the ground, um, a dragon's layer is going to have to be somewhere kind of giant and probably rocky. Um, it could be a crypt. It could be a forest. There were some groves. I think there was a the layer of a unicorn or something like that, which was a grove. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it could be underwater. I've never been a big fan of those kind of adventures, but you know, that that's an option too. Uh, so, what's the setting going to be? Uh, mm-hmm. It could be in the middle of a city. Yeah. Right? Whatever.
0: Um, and then the last thing would be the trick, um, and this one might be an op- uh like an optional one, but it would be like whatever the red herring of the adventure is, and that might be the, you uh, capture the bad guy, and it turns out to be the old man who sent you on the quest, maybe like the beginning, anyway, you know, <laughs> or it might be um, that you get there and the sword isn't there, or mm. something like that. It might be. It might be mean. You might have to use this one uh, knowing your party super well, Mm -hmm. or it might be, you know, a funny... uh, It depends on what the purpose of the quest was. Like, if the whole reason that they set out was to get this sword... Might be a little mean to be like, but the sword's not there. You gotta go on another <laughs> quest. <laughs> uh, but if it's just like one of those, like filler, like not everyone showed up, you might be able to get away with it. Uh, yeah. But we'll we'll include it just because we think it it's a, an interesting aspect to give GMs a resource for.
1: Yeah, the trick doesn't have to be a kind of massive deception. It could just be like, hey, but there's a catch, right? Um, and so maybe the catch is um, you, you can't kill anyone. On this adventure, for um, whatever reason, right? So yeah. it doesn't have to be the the GM in the end is la- is laughing because they screwed you over uh-huh. uh, for all the things you wanted to do. Um, hey, if you want to do this, you just have to understand that you're going to have to, I don't know, do whatever. And so yeah. then, uh, somebody had a, a book back in the day that was a kind of decent random um, adventure generator, mm-hmm. and I remember yeah, P- you can't kill PCs can't kill anyone uh, was one of the. restrictions and then you have to think about well why would that be? How would that work in this? Um, And so if the yeah, so maybe someone powerful has the item and and they won't give it to you. Maybe they'll loan it to you. Um, and they're so powerful that um, if you try to take it from them, then you'll die, right? So now you have to try to negotiate with this retired master assassin or something like mm-hmm. that rather than killing them.
0: Yeah. Or maybe it's like a whole town has been, you know, um, corrupted by some sort of mind-altering. So you don't want to kill everyone in the village because if you defeat whatever the, the big bad is, they'll, you know, come back to, to normal life. Uh, Maybe. maybe it's that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, don't tell our party that cuz okay. <laughs> um yeah, so the the trick or the how else did I call it? The um catch. Catch. Yeah. Um so but there's a catch. Oh, it's pretty easy. There's a sword down and, you know, the blah, blah, but there's a catch. <laughs> the last whatever. Um, it's in a sea of acid. <laughs>
0: That's a good catch. i you know, like, "Oh. Uh, let's not uh, do this yeah. one maybe."
1: <laughs> <laughs> or Let's get some NPC. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's hire some level one characters, (laughs) y'all.
1: So let's think through these, Mm -hmm. right? So what is a quest? We're thinking specifically of the side quest, these kind of minor distractions um, that are unnecessary and temporary Mm -hmm. uh, from the major story arc. Um, And – what uh, When is a good time to do one of these? We talked about the one-shot.
2: Mm-hmm. We
1: talked about low-party numbers. We talked about in a lull in a campaign and when the players are looking for something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, the hack and slash piece, uh, shall we recap these really quickly so if we can think about it? So for the, um, the one-shot, mm-hmm um the major issues uh i'll I'll try to think about one from the gm side if you can try to think of something from the player side and if not it's okay but um so the the big challenge here is so the easy piece about the one shot is that kind of everybody's already on board like yeah we're going to do it Mm. Uh, so you can give them a a a hook and they're like yeah good enough let's do it (laughs)
2: Um,
1: maybe the potential issue is where to go from there but it might just be a one shot yeah. And that might be the end of it. So the major problem from the GM side of things doesn't come up. The hugest, 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 worst possible problem would be if the player's just like, nah, we're not going to do that. Yeah, And then you're true. like, well, we're not playing. Let's watch a movie. Yep. Um, any thoughts from the the player side of things?
0: Uh, the only thing might be, like, you get super invested in something mm. about it. Like, you get super invested in a character. But, like, it was just a one shot. And it's not tenable to keep that whole party together. Right. But, I mean, that's... Life, unfortunately, yeah. you might also be able to like take that character into another setting that you can keep like uh, going with, mm-hmm. if that's what you really liked. Yeah,
1: so. I think that's plausible. Um, with the low party, um, so one of the GM type uh, issues is unless, so it's a kind of readiness thing. Like, yeah. so the GM should be ready. Um, Just have some – this is why I say GM should read modules occasionally. This is not like nightly reading you. Like every night (laughs) I I studied adventures for three hours. Um, But just once a month, once every three months, Uh uh, look at a different module and have an idea in mind. Um, and then be ready to slip it in. Yeah, uh, when
0: maybe it comes even to just time. like bookmarking ones that mm-hmm. you can find online so that if you know so many people can't show up the day of, you at least you know can go look that one up and have some familiarity with it mm-hmm. uh, in order to just kind of pull it out but not be totally unprepared.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a a potential problem that comes out of that is just this possibility that we get some uneven leveling or something like that. But, you know, in the same way that it can pose a problem to create uneven leveling, it can also be used to address a character who is close to a level and needs that level in order to be on par with the rest of the group. So it's not uh, an insurmountable problem. Mm -hmm. Um, the in a lull in the campaign idea. Uh, so troubleshooting, th- this shouldn't be that bad. I mean, the party should be a- about as bought in as they're going to be for a one-shot. Mm-hmm. So if it's understood, like, we don't really have anything to do now, so but we want to play, what can we do? Yeah. You can just give them some rumors, and then they can go from there.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the only sort of hack and slash might have been that sort of, on the GM side and on the player side, that sort of, well, those two rumors don't sound good,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but... You, the GM can't, you know, make fifty for you to be able to pick and choose from. so that that's the only possible hiccup you might run into is you might have to just kind of go with what the GM has.
1: You know another way to be flexible here is it, it's I take it it's about the enjoyment for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you don't like one of the two and you push the GM to make up something on the fly, You know, uh, some people make up amazing things on the fly. Sometimes it works really well and sometimes it doesn't. Mm So if you force them to come up with a new idea on the spot and then it's not fun, it's kind of hard to complain about it. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, when the players are looking for something, so they realize they're missing something or they're lacking something, um, they've got some financial or experience or weaponry or whatever issues, Mm -hmm. um, that's a good time for a quest. Um, I even think, you know, there's one that I didn't put in here, which would be that, um, for some spells, if you're doing material components...
0: Yeah, you might have to go questing for a thousand gold Mm -hmm. chalice Mm -hmm. or gold cup or something. I don't know all of the, uh... Uh, materials in D and D anymore,
1: but some of the stuff is really common and easy. I remember that one spell that um, Jeremy and um, Lisa would use was just a handful of ash, which mm. was, I thought was really cool, and it's ubiquitous yeah. in the game. Um, but I remember other spells might have like uh, just. I remember one of them, the the component is a feather from a rock, like one of those giant oh, giant. giant birds.
0: Wow, it's
1: a big. Uh, it's a hard yeah. thing to
0: find, too. <laughs> Holy
1: shit. Uh, yeah. So either you, that that probably means. We need to find where a rock is and kill it, uh, or that,
0: just go look for a feather near it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but
1: why just one? Right? So that's why not true. get a whole bird worth? Uh, that's
0: a big. That's a like a good amount of feathers there. That's not going to be easy to carry around. Lack <laughs> preparedness.
1: What yeah. do you think about? Um, so hack and slash here, right? So this idea of um, the players looking for something, it, this could threaten to derail. This is so. This is one reason why the way, by the way, like, why I think so many people in running games veer away from material components for mm-hmm. spells, for instance, right? Yeah. Other things too, maybe. Um,
0: especially, like, if you're in the middle of a campaign and, like, somebody, a magic user levels up mm -hmm. and they suddenly realize that they need some really weird shit in order to. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people that are, like, um, they only care about it if it's got, like, if it's consumed and it has a cost and they'll just let you, okay, you can do it, but you just have to pay the thousand gold that it, whatever, instead of,
2: mm -hmm.
0: you know, searching. But it can be a fun sort of Mm -hmm um side quest but if you're in the middle of something and like you're already at the place that you need to be at it would make sense to go you know whatever and it's also not very fun to like have new spells that you can't mm-hmm. use I know.
1: Um, i know mm-hmm. this it's is tough. why I, you know i was hoping or i, I think i said we, we were talking about magic uh mm-hmm. when we started pitching or early on we were thinking about ideas for shows and you were like M is for magic, and I was like, no, like, S is for spell, Uh because it's later in the alphabet, but it's getting pretty close. It's
0: getting really close,
1: Daya. Yeah, so, um, and I've been thinking about spells, but um, there are so many challenges that come along with um, spells. Mm-hmm. um so we'll definitely have something to talk about for s's for spell mm-hmm. um mainly but,
0: that uh, dungeon chatter will not be using no. magic in any of their systems
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no i blogged about some different approaches to spells so spell slots spell uh lists spell points um and so i have some thoughts there and i'll build something out of it but i'd like to be able to say more so
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: uh, we've got what a whole two um two shows one one yeah. show between now and then um
0: I did have another hack and slash for... um, So when we were discussing this, I was like, as a player, is there a good in-game way to be like... uh I want to get this item, but I want to quest for it. Mm. Um, because you don't, like, as a player, you can't, you're not in control of the world. So you can, like, meta ask the DM, right. like, hey, is there a chance that I'll be able to get a better magic sword somewhere nearby? Mm-hmm. But, in like, as a player, is there a way to role play besides just being like, I'm going to go to the tavern and ask everyone what, like, are there any rumors about a magic sword in the area? Right. That's a pretty weird, random thing to assume a town has rumors about. True.
1: Um, Yeah, this is a good question. mm -hmm. So um, this is the question. We actually discussed this a little bit, this idea of how players and GMs can facilitate. So we talked about how they can make it harder, Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe how can they facilitate questing stuff. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And so one way, I think, is by having decent rules about downtime or having a decent way to handle downtime. Mm -hmm. And so um, in some cases, notice the the reasons, like uh, we said, that fourth category, players are looking for something. Often that's just handled in downtime. Mm -hmm. So um, I think a pretty standard thing is if you have any amount of time in the city after or the town after an adventure, I'm going to go replenish my supplies, fine, write down however much money that is, and you come up with a kind of set amount. Mm -hmm. Um, But what if you say, I want to look around for a magic weapon? Mm -hmm. Um, I had a GM, Scott, who would almost never allow you to buy any magic weapon, and it would never be weapons better than what you could find adventuring, Mm -hmm. and that was to encourage adventuring. Um, But... I said this to you yesterday. um, There are games like Diablo um, and lots of other games where it's not at all uncommon where you go out and you do adventuring and you find some new stuff. And then you come back and the first thing you do is go to the magic shop and Mm -hmm. see the new cool stuff that they have now that you've leveled up. And sometimes it's better than anything you have. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not sure why you have to find better stuff through adventuring. Yeah. Uh, Someone who has 17 plus five swords doesn't need the plus three sword. Mm. And so they would sell it to a vendor. Why not if you could make yeah. thousands and thousands of gold? Um, yeah. Or so trade it
0: for some healing potions that get used up, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, how do we connect this with facilitating play? Uh, so good rules for downtime um, should make it kind of clear. Well, there are some options in town, um, you know. So, yeah, but I want to gather some rumors like rather than just going to the magic shop
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um is there a way to do something like that um
0: or also like you're in a small town and the magic shop mm -hmm. might not have you know awesome weapons
1: definitely Mm -hmm. yeah and i and i that one makes good sense so in Mm -hmm. most kind of even in high fantasy settings not every corner store has (laughs) glowing weapons (laughs) hanging on the walls uh yeah so i think that's fair so a good use of downtime Mm -hmm. is a way that you can facilitate this Um, and if you have that then it's not hard at all I think for the player to say or the GM to say that's probably something you have to ask around for Mm -hmm. Um, and that should be a kind of trigger like a a signal that um, this is more than just going to typical typical like quick downtime stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be so on one hand it doesn't always have to be a side quest Um, it could be a big thing then Mm -hmm. right Um, so I don't know I don't know why it has to be one rather than the other right so do you have a, unless there's a very specific time frame that you're working on for your major quest, Mm -hmm. uh, why would you be opposed to another kind of lengthy quest to get this really cool thing, right? So it's all in the telling, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Players should feel comfortable to say, look, I I, I don't want to, this is maybe a good way to say it, I don't want to detract from the story that we're doing, but Mm -hmm. if there's a way to get, like I want to hear listen in on some rumors for a magic sword, like I'm always looking for rumors about magic swords, so let me know. And if the GM knows that, and they're reminded of that, then they can they can let it know, hey, you just heard a couple of rumors. Yeah. Um, I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's a good question too. Um, so how so, was that trouble? How was that hack and slashy? Uh, oh, the, just
0: uh, how to make that mm-hmm. less meta. But I think the the solution is you you have to have some communication with your DM. You can't yeah. you know expect everything to come out like you want it to, and just role play. So, right. So if you have some issues with meta, whatever. It's, you know, a necessary part of, you know, communicating with the group of people actually sitting around you, so.
1: Yeah, and if you, look, if you absolutely refuse to do it out of game, then it would just have to come across like this. Literally, every time you walk into a town, I'm I'm going to look for a magic sword. I'm going to look for a magic sword. Hey, has anyone seen a magic sword? Every character you you interact with, and at some point, then your gym will get the picture. Probably your player, like your fellow players, will get the picture sooner, and they'll be like, yeah, we get it. You want a sword? Uh Uh-huh. Uh mm-hmm. Yeah, so something to think about. Mm-hmm. So I guess we can end by saying we did our, our recap here. Um, so um, that's what a quest is. That's a side quest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we think you should do it. We gave you some examples of how to do it. I think, you know, pay attention if, if you want to learn something. Pay attention to those different approaches to um, the we want to kill a dragon, right? There, there are so many useful ways that you can take those and turn them into meaningful side quests. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll say, and keep an eye out on DungeonChatter.com because we're going to have something, this kind of quest generator uh, Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: comes out that will give you some resources for making some quick quests, quick side quests. All right. um, This has been Travis.
0: This has been Victoria.
1: And this has been
2: Dungeon.
0: Hey there, thanks for listening to episode 17. If you want more Dungeon Chatter, please check us out at dungeonchatter.com or follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Chatter. And if you liked our show, it'd be super cool if you left a review on iTunes and told your friends who are also into RPG stuff, or maybe curious about RPG stuff, or maybe completely indifferent to RPGs entirely, but you think might still enjoy this. We definitely appreciate it. Our next episode. Possibly Ours for Race will be out in two weeks on Monday, June
2: 24th. So we hope to see you then. Thanks again for listening.
1: And hello, Sailor.